All right. Welcome back to the MindWorks podcast. So today we're actually going to do a little bit of life advice. Part one. Part one. You know, we're doing something that therapists never really do, which is give advice. So <laughs> I guess this is advice from a therapist. Life advice, right? Part one, part one. Part one. We're going to do this, typically incorporate this into our podcast moving forward. But uh, very interesting stuff. Um, so this is how we're going to do it. All right. So I'm just going to explain the quote. I'm going to say the quote, and then we're going to talk about how this can be of significance in people's lives and how it can definitely impact ourselves as people, right? <clears throat> so the first quote, if you continue to wait for the right time, you'll waste your entire life and nothing will happen. <clears throat> Perfect. I think that's, I think that's a really deep quote. Like, why is that a deep quote? I feel like our fundamental of our podcast is about action. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Now that I'm trying to think of it, like the mind works podcast is the mind works. works. All right. <laughs> it's going to work physically, mentally, spiritually. We're going to put in the work. And I think that quote is a perfect <clears throat> saying of get to doing right. Stop thinking, stop procrastinating, stop being a perfectionist. Do it. Just do it, just man. Just do it, man. This is what we had to do, right? I mean, one day, me and Kev, we just met up for some coffee. And, you know, I was like, hey, what you been doing? And he's like, nothing. I'm like, you want to start a podcast? And boom, here we are. We're already, like, a few episodes in. And we already got it all organized and oriented in a way where it's going to be brought to you, the viewer. Yeah. But, um... And I'm not, not going to lie either. Like, and part of that also starting a podcast... Andre was a big fire in that as well. Like, he was like, yo, we got the mics, bought it. We got the thing, bought it. And I was more like the perfectionist, kind of like, uh, it's not ready. <laughs> a lot Boom. of doubt, a lot of doubt. There's some doubt in there, right? So this is, we actually have another advice about who you surround yourself with, but we're going to leave that for later. There you go. Let's but talk about it. <laughs> having that kind of do mentality, get it done, and, you know, you learn in the process, man. And you, yeah. you'll get better at it, and you'll, you'll see where... You know, the hiccups are, but you won't be able to do this and analyze it in real life until you do it. You could do it all in your brain from here to the moment you die. But if you don't actually do it, it's not going to happen. And you know what's interesting when you actually look at the MindWorks logo, right? So it's actually a lot of deepness within the logo itself. Um, if you look at the first logo, it's an MW within the mind, right? Which is like the mind is working. And basically, I feel like it's like a metaphor to my work as a therapist, where when I first started my practice, the my mind was constantly working. And also the head shape of the of the logo is like a crash dummy. Oh, so if you notice, I it, it was a light bulb. It's, it's a crash dummy light bulb. Oh, yeah. So there's it, a, lot, a lot of layers of symbolism within the logo itself and the MWs within the brain, which is me. Like I bet, I bet for everyone too. like all the clients that come through the practice, their mind is working here. Yeah. I felt like it was like a wave pattern. Yeah. Like a wave pattern, like a brain wave pattern. Deep. It's a deep, it's a deep uh, logo. And then Patent. when I did the trademark. Yeah. And then when I did the logo for the MindWorks podcast, it's basically all that work that's been done in my profession is now coming out onto the mic. Sheesh. If you look at the, the, the brain waves became sound waves. Oh, sh yeah. And, it, and it's an MW. This, if you look at it, you put it, pull it up, Jeff. Jeff is our uh, produ producer, by the way. Pull it up, Jeff. Pull up the logo. Look at the logo. You see it? It basically, it ba it's right here. <laughs> it basically has the, the MW and the brain. And then now pull up the MindWorks podcast logo. You see the MW is coming out now in sound waves. Fire. 
Fire. So that's that's basically you know the mind working. So this everything that we talk about is experience is based on experience. So that's what most of the mind works podcast is based on is our experiences as therapists as counselors and you know putting all this knowledge and, and information out to you the viewer. All right. Stop waiting. Start doing, man. Stop imagine, waiting. Start doing. Imagine Steve Jobs just was in his head waiting and waiting and waiting. We we'll never have the iPhone, man. It's It'll about be action. gone. It'll be completely non-existent. So this is why, you know, this is why you got to do. Um, what other things do I think about when people waste their entire life um, waiting for the right time? You know, one one thing I did mention, you know, I was speaking with a client recently and it had to do with um, <clears throat> she wants to have. So it's a female client. She wants to have a baby. And, um, you know, I think a lot of times all her life circumstances are preventing her from having that baby because it's like I'm not ready. I'm not you know ready financially, mm. not ready with this romantic relationship I'm in. And I completely understand that person. Like, and I get this a lot. It's not just one client. It's like yeah. several people that have, like, especially women at around the age of 30, 34, 35, they have this sort of um, mentality and stuff like that on, um, on the, uh, you know, the idea of having a baby. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, it's like I'm not pushing people to have a baby. Like, that's not the point. But the thing is, like, you know, if this is something that you really want, then, you know what I mean? Like, if you keep waiting, it's never, it's never going to probably happen. Yeah. Waiting for the perfect scenario. Mm -hmm. Waiting for all the pieces to come together. One thing that also came to mind for me was manifestation. So I'm a big fan of manifestation. I think it could be a whole session on its own. But part of us being able to manifest is, you know, how to bring the idea and then bring that wave pattern from the ethers and make it physical. That's how manifestation works, man. This, this couch, this table, it, it was first an idea. It was somebody's idea, and they put it into action, put the work in, and then it became something soluble in this 3D realm. So that's not going to happen if you just the ideas stay up there and you don't bring it and manifest to yourself. Be the alchemist. Ooh, the alchemist. That's a good book. It's one of my favorite top three in Dead or Alive. Yeah, great book. So that's, that's the idea. If you continue to wait for the right time, you'll waste your entire life and nothing will happen. It's never the right time, I feel like, a lot of times in life. Like, you're going to sit, if, especially when you have, like, anxiety. I feel like you're constantly overthinking, like, um, is this the right time? What if this happens? What if that happens? What if this happens? You know, and you never really get to do or complete what it is that exactly that you wanted to do because you're constantly overthinking it. Yep. So you got to put that thought into action, right? That's the, that's the bottom line right here. Love it. I love it. What's number two? Hit him with number two. Number two. All right. So it says here you'll lose 99% of your close friends if you start upgrading your life. Sheesh. This is a big one. The reason why I say this is a big one is because every time a client comes into my office and they're saying, I want to I fix this, I want to do this, I always tell them, be careful what you wish for. Mm. Because with changes, in your personality or yourself yeah. as an individual comes changes all around you. You probably won't be hanging out with the same type of friends. You probably won't be uh, a part of a certain group or you won't probably be doing the same thing that you were doing yesterday. Your life is going to change. If this is if these are the problems you want to fix within your life, you can't doubt change. It's going to happen. Yeah. And... Guys, we, we completely understand we're social beings. We're trying to make connections. We're trying to have uh, family and friends and everyone around us in our circle and, and be part of these social circles, right? But when it's time to upgrade, some folks ain't going to upgrade with you. And that's something that's very important for you to remember mm -hmm. that 
it's not about leaving people behind, but it's about putting yourself forward. And sometimes when you put yourself forward, people are going to choose to stay behind. And this happens a lot, transitions from high school to college and college to adulthood, is your friends are now in a different space and in a different headspace and in a different scenario and just a different life that may not fit into your newfound life. It may not fit into your career or your new family or this. And it's that's not something that you should feel guilty about. It's not something they should try to force to fix or it's 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 something some folks in your life are there for temporary reasons. And once those temporary reasons are over, then it's time to turn a new chapter. You know what I'm saying? And this is something that, you know, we were talking about before that we kind of lived through, right? It's like, you know, being in high school, it's a you know, shout out to everyone who, you know, I was friends with in high school and I was friends with in college. But as I evolved and as I you know, took on a different route in my, in my life, you know, there was no value in the relationship, right? Like, I don't want to go out and pop bottles anymore. Like, I'm, I'm good on that. You know, I don't, I don't want to do other activities that are not conducive, that are not productive, that are not getting me to the place that I need to be, that I want to be. And it's no disrespect to anyone else, but it's not like I'm better or nothing. It's just like I'm in a different space. I'm in a different headspace. I'm in a different place. And, you know, for me to not have value in those other relationships you know, what, 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 is, what is it worth? Once again, yeah, like, uh, even in my personal experience, you know, being a, a, a Latino man, you know, a lot of my friends, because a lot of my friends were Latino as well, and, um, you know, a lot of Latinos don't go to college, especially a lot of Latino men. We, we don't really take the college route. We, you know, a lot of Latinos just go straight into work right after high school. And, um, you know, a lot of my friends did that. So out of a lot of my friends, you know, I was only like one of the few that actually like went off to college and did the whole degree thing and uh, found myself within school related stuff. And, you know, because of that reason, a lot of us, I felt like separated a lot of times from that, like, especially now as an adult adult, now that I'm established within my field, you know, a lot of those people I used to hang out with, I don't really hang out with as much because we all, ch our lives are changing. And I feel like it was because I made a big change as well. Maybe they made their changes as well, but, you know, I made a very significant change and um, it was just something that, you know, was uh, an issue, I guess like an, an issue kind of, because we yeah. don't even talk at all. <laughs> yeah. But I think also part of it when you were, were mentioned kind of in the first part is also you make new connections. Exactly. And that's the thing. Like, I made a lot of new connections, which that's is even crazier. That's so important. Yeah. And those are the people that, you know, if I'm at this point, I'm with these people, it's, it's great. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's, that's the thing. A lot of people I feel like have that issue of not being able to like let go of certain people mm. and it's tough. And I work with people in this specific problem and I keep telling them like, like, you know, it's, 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 you know, I understand the fact that you're very overwhelmed and upset that your friends, you know, cut you out of their lives. But I'm telling you, this is something that's for the better. It's kind of like stuts, right? Like, I'm telling you, you're going to yeah. be okay, right? Yeah. Like, and it is, it's true. Like, you know, it's just, it's just friends. You can make new ones. They, they come and go, like almost sometimes for some people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to have to make new connections, man. You're going to have to um, <clears throat> put yourself out there, uh, you know, allow yourself to be vulnerable allow yourself to meet new people and make those connections and in, go into spaces that align with your purpose, your greater purpose. Right. So, and you so, know, yeah. So use this as when you start losing those close friends around you, use it as a, as a sense of I'm the one that's growing probably here. Mm. 
you know, if, if you are, <laughs> I mean, right. cause I know some people, you know, don't really grow, but it, it's a, it's a, it's a way to tell yourself, like I am growing and I am becoming a better person. I'm changing. Yeah. And you don't owe anyone anything. That's another thing too. Yeah. You don't owe anyone. Anything. You don't owe anyone anything, man. Cause at the end of the day, you have to go through your life. When you go to sleep and tuck yourself in, you have to do it by yourself. When you wake up and, and start your day, you have to do it by yourself. You know, when your time is up, you are the only one going. All right. So you don't owe anyone anything. They were there. They were part of your life at that point. They had the value at that point. And now if you're seeing that they no longer bring value to you, then it's not worth your time and energy. Sometimes, sometimes I use that as like a, um, a tool to measure someone's progress. Sometimes. Oh, you know, like, Oh, are you still hanging around those same people that you was drinking and smoking with all the time? Mm. You know, oh no, you're not. Oh, well, you're not smoking as much. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, so it's like, uh, you know, some, sometimes it could be used as like a tool to like measure like, okay, like, is this person really changing? Right. You know? And that's, that's that quote. You lose 99% of your close friends if you start upgrading your life. It's time to upgrade, man. And also like on a personality scale, you know, like a lot of times people come into therapy to change a certain characteristic of themselves, whether it be their anger, their... um their introversion, their all these type of things, they try to change that 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 person a little bit of their personality factors because yeah. they notice that it's causing them uh, issues, right? So like um, whenever you are changing those personality characteristics, you know you you obviously that's going to evoke other people towards you or away from you, and that's an important thing to try to understand, and that concept is important to grasp if this is a change that you're making in your life. For sure. Also, while you mentioning that, it kind of uh, brought up attachment styles as well so kind of understanding the four different attachment styles understanding where you fit in there hey we might have to do a whole session on that a whole session on that but we're here to do a life advice right, right? right so right. be mindful people the more change you create within yourself the more friends you're most likely gonna lose and that's okay because that's a that's an indication that you are bettering yourself and you are doing better for yourself yeah and just to say too like we're not perfect yeah, of course right just because i know like sometimes like oh who are you to give advice that's like the big thing and hey man we're a work in progress but hey at this point man we're 33 you're 33 too yeah right? yeah we're 33 man we've been around the block a little bit um and not only you know in the field of psychology mental health but just in real life so you know we're just giving as much wisdom for whoever wants it right? yeah remember mind work yeah coming out this is all experience right that's the difference between us and like probably other podcast that you probably listen to we got the experience working with people that's the most important part so Yo, that's kind of, so big man we kind of like no and i'm not trying to brag about that but it's just the truth no, you work could, is not could, easy we could brag about that yeah, the last yeah, 10 years that. we I'm were Ill. in the field i'm ill <laughs> <laughs> no seriously we were in the field new york city the field we we're really out there you know and still to this day so it's you gotta be you gotta be cautious of who you take the, this advice from. Exactly. Online, especially. Yeah, big one. Anyway, so let's go into the next life quote, right? We got so it. this one's an interesting one, and you know, I was thinking about this like uh, when we brought it up last time. But no, so governments and politicians are one giant scam or scum that will never save you from your problems. You scam are the savior scum. of yourself. Scam and scum. You are the savior of yourself. Governments and politicians are one giant scum that will never save you from your problems. Ooh, I know a lot of people have a lot to say about that one because, like, a lot of people believe that, like, oh, if you're not, like, engaging in voting or anything like that, you're part of the problem. Yeah. 
right? And hey, you know, I, I mean, voting is a great, I guess, a great, interesting system. But, um, you know, it's obviously some like why why are things still the same way though, kind of right? And or why are things changing in directions that I, you know, I mean, maybe it's, I mean, I, I mean, I know we talked a little bit about this, but you know, I, I, I do my part. I, I, I do vote. <laughs> you know, um, it's just you know, I feel like you know certain things I don't want happening, you know, happen sometimes and stuff. So I, you know, I put my little two cents in. I know some people are against voting and whatnot. I know you. He's, throwing, he's trying to throw shade. Here's the thing. When it comes to politics and religion, you got to be really careful with what you say. Right. So mm -hmm. I have some very um, uh, different thoughts yeah, when it comes to it. those I two hear, things. I want to hear your thoughts about that. When it comes to politics, this is what I think politics is in a nutshell. Politics is a politeness, is one entity in power. It's no different what color you put to it. And then the, another part of the same entity is politely asking for change. Like, I don't got time for that. I don't got time for green, blue, uh, <laughs> no, yellow, whatever color you want to put to it. I don't got time for the debates. I don't debate. I don't, I don't got time for debates. Like, I'm, I'm out here trying to put in work. I don't care who's your president or your vice president, who's your congressman. I'm going to put in work regardless. Like, I'm going to find the loop. I'm going to find the scoop. I'm going to put in that work, right? So for me, when I see folks, like, become, polit you know, these, these semi-activists every midterm, every four years, they all of a sudden care about society, all of a sudden, and then putting up posts and stuff, like, they're going to make a big difference. Like, I don't, I don't I'm, I'm good on that. I'm good on that front. I've never voted. I'm 33 years old. I've yeah. never voted. I don't plan to vote anytime <laughs> soon because I can't. Nobody could really convince me to vote. Like it's 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 something like it's like a game, and like you think that you have some sort of power in the greater society, and most of the time you don't even have the power within yourself <laughs> to do work and put in the work. So I don't vote. You know, at the end of the day, I don't I don't I don't shame anyone. Who does who does vote and put in the little ballots? That's cool and all, but I don't. It, it don't matter who's 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 president, man. I, it's for me. I'm gonna equally put in that work, and I guess this is also like an immigrant standpoint as well. Like my parents are immigrant, mm -hmm. so it's like we came here just to like eat. You know what I'm saying? So it's like we're gonna eat regardless. So that's that's the big thing about that. But also on top of that, I think it's very connected to Christianity and Jesus and. No one's going to save you. That's the second part of the quote. No one's going to come down and save you. You got to save yourself. You got to put in the work yourself. You got to go to therapy yourself. Right? Responsibility. You have to accountability, that's, that's, that's responsibility. The one, that's the thing that we talked about in uh, episode six. Or Personal seven. responsibility. Responsibility, yeah. No one's going to come and save you. And that's, what, that's what I think that quote is kind of getting into. Like, I, I don't think it's like saying, like, don't vote. I think it's saying basically, like, if you put too much uh, emphasis on these politicians and this government, you're wasting a lot of your time being anxious because that's all it does to you is that it makes you anxious, right? Who the hell is going to win this next election? Who the hell is going to win, you know, the presidency? It kind of, like, gets you, like, kind of, like, a little anxious to some degree, and that's, that anxiety seeps into your subconscious because now you're worrying about who's going to be the next president, who's going to be, you know, running the, the government and stuff like that. I mean, I, I, I personally believe it's, it's all right to, like, you know, give a little bit of thought to it. You know, I'm, I'm a little, like, I guess, like, um, with Kevin, I'm a little bit on different levels on that. But I think that, um, you know... I, I'm I'm not putting too much of an emphasis. I'm not over here losing sleep over politicians. I think that's what the quote is kind of saying that like 
Governments and politicians are one giant scum that will never save you from your own personal problems, right? Like, um, and it could go so far in this conversation, really, about this. It can. It, I, again, there's layers to it. You know, again, um, I feel like it's very important to have some autonomy and to have some personal responsibility and to not leave it up to an entity to make your life any better mm-hmm. in, in, in a way. Yeah, like you're the one mostly responsible for what happens, basically. And it's like, and also like the people who are privileged and acting like they're change agents out here, like <laughs> I have a different two cents for y'all because <laughs> if you really care about the world so much, so, so is it give up your privilege. Like it's that simple. Give up right? your privilege? What, what do you mean by giving up your privilege? Like financial privilege, connections, networks, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they are in a good position and they're looking at people who are maybe not mm-hmm. and they're saying you have to vote so that you could be in a better position like me. Mm-hmm. Like, no, it's bullshit. Again, mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not with the games. Like I'm not. I, f- this, I feel like it's, you know, 2024 is coming up. It's like another. Uh, ne- it's like Netflix. Con- Kanye 24. You know. <laughs> I almost voted for Kanye. I thought about it. I was like, should I? He got like six thousand votes. You know, strong six thousand something like that. But look, Kanye man, 24. <laughs> at the end of the game, at the end of the day, is is a game of politics, and I'm not gonna get involved in that because it's not. It's not my thing. Well, yeah, I think in terms also that quote, remember, we, we base these quotes on... It's an ultimatum. It's not it's a vote. It's an ultimatum. Let's put it that way also. I think, like, the, 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 the whole idea of these quotes was to, like, relate it to mental health some way, right? So I think, like, if you're constantly worrying about, you know, the government and politics and, you know, all these things with voting and what people think and agree with and disagree with, yeah, of course it's going to make you go crazy. It's going to make you depressed. It's going to make you anxious. It's going to make you, like, uh, probably even paranoid to some extent. You're going to, like, go everywhere and talk about it with everyone, and you're going to get in disagreements and fights with everyone. If anything, I think it's I think it actually would divide you more from people than... I think you're actually doing more division than, than getting along work if you're about politics and you're about one side and stuff like that. So, like, you yourself, if you're, like, you know, very, like, progressive Democrat or progressive Republican... You are basically dividing the country further. Like mm. that's just a fact. I think here's here's the one instant that I'll vote. If you tell me, let's say, Kevin, vote for federal legalization of marijuana, something in that sense, <laughs> right? Then it's either a yes or a no. It's it's direct. It's intentional. It's specific. It's not Kevin. Vote for your local politician who's then going to vote for your congressman, who's then going to vote for your president, who's then going to plead to the House of Representatives, who's then going to plead to the Senate. Bro. But that's, that's, that's how the system, unfortunately, works, though. You know? Fortunate and unfortunately. I'm not, you know, I'm not complaining about the system. I'm just saying I'm going to put it. It's for me, regardless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I feel you. You know? But uh, let's go into the next one. That's definitely a good conversation, though. Let's get into the next one, right? So, number four. You'll be 10 times happier if you forgive your parents and stop blaming them for your problems. Wow. All right. So a lot of therapeutic work is about psychoanalysis. So a lot of times when I work with people, it's definitely talking about the past, talking about parents, talking about how they affected you, attachment styles, et cetera, et cetera, all that good stuff that involves parenting. I personally feel like that when it comes to parenting, that like we kind of have like this natural... um, essence of like uh that they are responsible completely for us like a natural subconscious entity in mm. our own thought why do i say that is because 
we as people know that these this is the individual that made me. Mm-hmm. So for life, even when even if they're out of your life, you hold some sort of responsibility towards these two people, even if you know them or not. And it's it's crazy because it's like, you know, it causes a lot of like resentment and issues like that. And I think that a lot of people, you know, really point fingers at them naturally because of that reason. Like, you're my parent. And the reason why I'm suffering with anxiety and depression right now is because you made me kind of like, you know, it's kind of true, you know, like it's kind of like you hold your parents to some sort of standard subconsciously. Yeah, I think that's a big part. I think also it's because not only did you make me, but I depended on you for survival. Mm-hmm. The first three to five years, or even more longer than that, um, to actually be a human and survive through the trenches or whatever, just survive, to be fed and to be secured and uh, protected as well. So sometimes we have that connection all the time. So we, like you said, we have something, whether you like it or not, you have your gene pool of both your parents, Mm -hmm. but as well growing up, your parents held most of the responsibility for your survival. So as you grow older into your teenage, into your adulthood, a lot of times what we see is a lot of resentment towards the parents because you your outcome is not maybe what you desire it to be at the time and maybe you didn't have the means maybe you didn't have the love maybe your attachment style was not you know meshed with your parents and maybe your parents had their own trauma as well generational trauma that's a topic all on its own man we got we got sessions for days over here right but generational trauma in hindsight is just that those strong emotional experiences that really uh, is instilled in our DNA because it, it 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 moves something in there, right? Like there's I don't, I don't know, I'm not specifically a trauma expert, but you know there within our DNA we there there are bits of just uh, I don't even know what to call it like little little attachments um, that that's been there just because of generational trauma, so. If you think about how your parents were raised, right? How your parents' parents were raised, right? How was that parenting? And you're going to have to really do some real psychoanalytic work to kind of come to an understanding of um, why you are the way you are because of your parents, yeah. why they are the way they are because of their parents, why they're, you know, it's kind of like a <laughs> it's like a whole generational cycle. thing. And like, yeah, it's, it's definitely a lot with like the whole, you know, family structure and everything and parents and resentment and things like that. Um, definitely working with a lot of people that's always seems to like an issue in everyone's life to some extent or like, you know, issues with their parents and and how they raise them and things like this and the things that they put upon them. It's definitely a lot of work that goes into all that, like processing. But another thing I want to say is that like, you know, you won't get anywhere living in your past, you know, but once again, process is something that's very important. I think it's important that people process these feelings about their parents and sort of try to reach a point of acceptance and not allow for resentment towards right. them. So like, you know, it's like an interesting sort of process. Yeah. And even like family therapy, oh, family um, therapy. within our yeah. realm, you know, being from urban cities, Latinos, mm-hmm. you know, therapy is not really a thing. So never mind family therapy, but I think there's so much value in evaluating and really sitting down, processing, com- having conversations and coming to an understanding of, you know, uh, and clarity of what had happened in the past and why it had happened, right? And kind of moving forward, like, 
reopening those wounds and healing them in a way that's going to be conducive and productive to your life now and not just, you know, you continuously like scratching that wound and, and, and looking at it and being resentful for it and it, it holding you back. Um, and you can be that person. Like you can be that, you can, the buck stops here, right? Like you can be that person who stops the next generation from um, being incorporated into your lineage of trauma, right? And you, and, and it takes work. I ain't gonna front, it takes work from personal experience. I had my time where I was very resentful and I was very, you know, I had to, I, I didn't have that lines of communication with my parents. You know, I grew up, again, immigrant, Latino household, you know, machista, corporal punishment, that type shit, where it's like, you know, it was. <laughs> she, 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 you was like at the, you was at the um, supermarket and you, you like tried stealing something and then all of a sudden your mom from the house throws the chancla. <laughs> Bro. You're in the supermarket, the chocolate hits your head. Like, where the fuck that come it from? Was, <laughs> like, it, was, it was, my siblings know it was a lot more than just a little chocolate, my <laughs> dude. It was, it was some real corporal punishment, right? Yeah. But it was like, I had to grow up and I could have sat there and, and be super <clears throat> resentful and be like, oh, my childhood was trash. When really it was just my parents trying to survive and trying to keep us away from the streets and doing stupid shit. So, <laughs> You yeah. know, they didn't know any better. You know what I'm saying? So now I'm like, I, I love my parents. I, and, I, and I, you know, we've gone past that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've forgiven each other for a lot of things that happened oh, during great. our childhood. And, you know, at the end of the day, I see, you know, how much hard work they've done and how hard and difficult it was for them. And in their in their upbringing, number one, and then mm-hmm. in their you know, immigrating here to, to the U.S. Not speaking the language, not having the means um, you know, working long hours and then having kids on top of that, like, yeah, it's a yo, lot. it's a hard, it's a hard not life, right? That's something that, you know, it's definitely evident working with, you know, Latino families is that something that I noticed, you know, a lot of these kids, I think, uh, in, in this generation kind of grow up a little like, uh, spoiled mm-hmm. to some extent, you know, and entitled, entitled, um, like they didn't have to do what their parents did, which was the biggest thing, which was like escape their country or come into a new country and start a brand new life, you know? Um, but, you know, as I, as I work with those kids as well, you know, I don't want to say like they're like completely spoiled. I mean, they have their own subjective struggles as well. Sure. And, um, you know, it's just interesting. Like, you know, like this whole idea of like, you know, I, I, this is a whole nother discussion about yeah. like, work and stuff and today's younger generations. Yeah, like, it's different. I, I don't know, it's like a lot different. Things are just different, you know, getting very different. Um, but anyway, besides that, like the whole family thing. Yeah, I believe once again, it goes back into that idea of like forgiveness. Yeah. If you can forgive like your parents for the things that they've done to you and the things that they, you know, like, um, yeah, done to you, they, they probably just didn't really know better. Yeah. You know, and like they weren't, they probably most likely if you're an immigrant Latino or immigrant in general, your parents came to this country uh, or if your parents are immigrants and came to this country, you know, maybe their education wasn't up there or maybe there was something else going on that happened had to work yeah so one thing you know when I worked at a high school I had to work with parents a lot and you know one thing that I would tell my students as well as parents is you know once your child 15 16 and going into adulthood parenting takes a different form oh my god I asked parents all the time like like parents with grown grown adult children I'm like, yo, what, what was like the hardest years of your life raising your kid? And I'll like, I'll say like 90% of them always say like the teenage years. Of course. That's the teenage years are the worst for yeah. most parents. That's what I keep hearing people saying, which is really interesting. Yeah. Because I think it's just from parenting to partnership, from 
parenting to partner. And that's what I like to call it, right? Because yeah, yeah. And that's why I like I try to like when I try to help parents with their adolescent kids, it's as if like I'm I'm kind of like working towards the parents of like being more accepting of their individuality. Both ways. Yeah, yeah. and then the yeah. oh, that's a good perspective. I didn't put it that way. I always I always like I always go towards the parent, like, yeah, like he's he or she is like a teenager, like they're gonna want their own ways of doing things. And I think to some extent you got to kind of accept that, you know, like, because if you just keep holding them back, they're going to become rebellious and that rebellion becomes problematic behaviors. Yeah. So like if you're dealing with an adolescent and you're having like these, you know, your adolescent's rebellion, it's, it's rebelling. There's a reason for that. It's because, you know, it might've been because you were too strong on them and you kept pushing them a little bit too much. Or you haven't dealt with your own shit. Oh, there you go. Or you haven't dealt with your own uh, problems. That's true. Yeah. What we got for number five? Number five. That's a whole other session <clears throat> of its own parenting, man. Parenting and yeah, yeah, and, and working with adolescents and stuff like that. So number five, the last quote for today: Train yourself to let people win arguments on purpose to conserve your mental health. Oof. Yes. I love this one. Why do I love this one? Because it goes into my favorite topic: emotional intelligence. Yes. And emotional intelligence concern cons- or deals with things like intrapersonal skills and interpersonal skills, right? So your intrapersonal skills is how you deal with the emotions internally within yourself. Um, interpersonal skills is how you socialize with others and how you get along with others and how you basically socialize, right? So a lot of times when people come into like anger management and stuff like that, they have like these, I guess like an, a lack of emotional intelligence because their anger gets the best of them. Mm. And a lot of times, once again, as I work with people in anger management, I do like this empathy based learning practices where, you know, I tell them, hey, you know, like, um, you know, empathy is an important thing. Maybe that's something that you're missing. Right. And it's very interesting how it works with angry people. Like they feel and it goes back to what you keep saying, the word entitlement. Like there's like an idea of a feeling of entitlement for people who get very angry. Like they feel like the world owes them something because of like whatever their internal struggles or whatnot but it's very interesting i wonder if like you the listener has you know if you do have anger issues if you've ever like thought of the idea of emotional intelligence and like how well versed you are in that realm of intelligence yeah emotional intelligence is session of the song <laughs> yeah well, this, I feel like this, I is, this saying, is life quotes though this is, uh, yeah i feel like i quotes. keep saying that but it's like there's so much Dent in there right now we're going wide but i think it's very important for us to go deep and that's a session of its own as well but you know i think that when it comes to your peace oh man it's priceless <laughs> i'm telling you uh, yeah like i always like i said this before like i always um you know i always agree with people whenever i'm getting into an argument with them yeah and I have the ability to do that you're an agreeable person because i'm a personality characteristic in myself i'm highly agreeable which I think makes me a good therapist because right. I'll just be like, oh, yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. Definitely. I can see that. But sometimes like I, I know when to put that boundary in that line, like, nah, you're wrong. Like, I believe this. You know what I mean? I've trained myself to do that, actually, because I realize that I'm a very agreeable person. And that was that that seeps into like the idea of people pleasing, mm. you know, like as a as a teacher, you know, I always allow my students in the past to like and I still do. It's like something that I just can't help. Like if a, if a student is like late on a work or something, I'll just say, like, email it to me by, yeah. by midnight. You know, I always give people the benefit of the doubt, which kind of sucks because I'm like people pleasing. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it, it, it's like, but going back to, you know, being such an agreeable person, like every time somebody argues with me, I just like, all right, you're right. 
That's all right. All right. Yeah, no, you got it. You're right. You're right. You know what I mean? Like, I just, it helps me myself personally just conserve energy. I think some people are different. Some people actually, like, want to put up that fight and that argument. You can have it, bro. <laughs> yeah. I, at the end of the day, maybe this is this. I think this is one of my arts yeah. and my one of my crafts. Like, just like we were talking about, like the politic thing. I'll say what I need mm-hmm. to say, and then you can say what you need to say, and then I'm I'm pretty much done. Like, I'm not gonna sit here and debate with you or try to convince you or give you more evidence or this and that, bro. You can have it. You can <laughs> have it. Like, I am not ego driven in that sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, you cut me off when I'm driving. You can have it. You know, I'm not I'm not going to put my safety and uh, my physical safety and even my mental safety at risk just because you want to argue or you want to put make a point across or, you know, like I and trust me, it's 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 quite peaceful once you become, you know, very crafted in this art. It's it's you it can just go art. home and just be all right. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, speaking of entitled, people are not entitled to your thoughts and they're not entitled of your how you make out in the world. Like you know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day, like I said before, you have to go to sleep at the end of the day and in the start of the morning. That's mm-hmm. what I say. At the end of the day and the start of the morning, it's you against you. I think you. there's like I think I think there's like a genetic uh, component to that because like you know um, I, I sometimes because I'm so agreeable like I like to like sometimes tease people mm. like I'll just be like like for example like my brother thinks like the Android phone is like way better than the iPhone yeah. always he's always an Android guy so sometimes I'll text him I'll be like hey I just got the new iPhone shit is fire and he'll just like send me like. 15 paragraphs explaining why yeah, the, yeah. his phone is better than mine. And I'm just like, yeah, bro, you got it. And then I, I look at my son when he was like barely like a year old, like maybe he was like nine months old. He was like crawling and then there was like an outlet there, whatever. And I was like, Gian, don't, don't touch the outlet. And then he looks at me with a smile and he goes like this very slowly to the outlet. Yeah. And, he, and I'm just like, Gian, don't do it. They would just, Doop. and then I was like, no. And then I was like, it's mad funny. So I think there's like some sort of a genetic component there. Because I'm like, that's what I do. That's what I do. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know, man. Going back so to funny. that. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, you don't have to, you know, bro, your yeah. peace, man. Yeah. So once again, peace. train yourself to let people win arguments so let you can conserve it. your mental energy. That's, let them have the argument. Let them have it, man. Because that's the best way to conserve your mental health and your mental energy. Because you can you can argue with someone for days, bro. About anything. Like you could you could go on for like life ever. is so subjective. It is. It's a very subjective world. It like is. just 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 like I think when it comes to people and their personalities and that those people that are low in disagreeableness, I think suffer the most. Because I mean, well, to some degree, actually, being low in disagreeableness, those people have high values on things. So that's actually a good thing. Mm. Like those are the people who are very like political that, that like have a standpoint like, no, this has to be like this or else yeah. you're wrong. Right. But the people who are agreeable, like highly agreeable are just more laid back. Like, like, all right, that's what you feel. Fine. I mean, that's cool. yeah. All right. You know, with, with being agreeable, you know, I think again, when you're not in a pace in a place of privilege or you're a uh, part of a, a, a subgroup that doesn't have power um, I think you're kind of forced into being agreeable. That's that's kind of one thing. Like just for your survival, like you mm. can't go to your job and just start arguing with your boss, kind of thing. So you don't have. Oh yeah. You're entitled to. And and then, and then it, it definitely lowers stress when you're more agreeable. Yeah. Like because then if right. you're a disagreeable person, everyone's gonna get you tight. Yeah. Everyone's gonna get you mad. You're always gonna be like, oh, that person said that. I don't agree with him. Like what an asshole. Whatever. You know, you always have that stank face if you're yeah. probably like very disagreeable, like highly disagreeable. 
Yeah. Like you don't let anyone in your life. Oh, forget it. If you're trying to date and you're a highly disagreeable person, oh, forget it. You're done. Right. Um, if you're, you know what I mean? So like, and also actually an interesting research study on agreeableness shows that like they did like this research study where they went around the world and they went to all different cultures and they wanted to see uh, what personality characteristics were fundamental in the success of certain marriages that lasted more than 20 years. Mm. So they went around the world. I think they interviewed like 30,000 people or something like that. And what they found was when they assessed these people's personalities, they found that at least one individual was high in agreeableness within those successful marriages. Mm. So being an agreeable person actually helps you with relationships. Okay. That's interesting. I guess when I, when I think of relationships and agreeability is sometimes being a nice guy is not the best because you're putting other people's opinions or perspective on you over your own. So I always say I'm not a nice guy. I'm a kind individual, right? But I think there's a difference between being nice and being kind. And that's maybe a whole other podcast in itself, but... I mean, if you're agreeable, yeah. I mean, yeah, you are kind of like a nice guy, but you don't have to act like a nice guy. You could be an asshole, too, just to be agreeable asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's, like, interesting, though. That's a whole different topic. But those... So that <laughs> is, for today, the five pieces of life advice from a therapist, right? So we finished off with train yourself to let people win arguments on purpose to conserve your mental health. I hope that these advice series are helpful for you, the listener, as we discuss them and we analyze them and we process them. Hopefully it gets you, the listener, thinking. And if you can, please subscribe because yeah. we're going to release more of these. And I think these are very helpful for people in general. And leave a comment as well. What do you think, right? Like if you want to have a little argument, Dre is always ready for that. <laughs> An <laughs> argument? Yeah. You'll go into the comment Just section it, and go back and uh, forth. Yeah, you yeah. won't see me in there, boy. You can uh, have it. You can have it. Yeah, I like to I like to like argue sometimes. But, you know, like I said, it's for like entertainment purposes, not to stress myself out. All right. So we'll end it here for today. Take care and tune in next week. Peace.